0: What is going on everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Breaking Ground Podcast. I'm Mike Greg, and today we've got Ron and Leanne Bilo on the show. Ron and Leanne, how are you doing? We're great. Good, thank you. Glad to hear that. Uh, we've spent half an hour resolving technical issues here, so um, <laughs> we're excited just to be moving on this thing. Uh, Ron and Leanne own Bilo Acres and um, tell us a little bit about what you guys do.
1: Well, it's an excavation and grading company out here in uh, Henley, Missouri. We focus on doing site preparation for new builds. Uh, we do anything from land clearing down to as small as brush hog and a couple acres of land. So uh, we have a dump truck, a couple of uh, machines, a skid steer, and a mini excavator. That's kind of where we're at right now with our business.
0: Yeah. And uh, Leanne, you work on the admin side of the business, right? Um, this is a little new, obviously having, um, you know, um, Ron and Leanne on together, uh, probably should have touched on that. But this is fun. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to hear uh, from Leanne as um, as Ron's wife and as somebody who kind of works on the office side of the business. Um, Leanne, what does what your day to day look like in the company?
2: Um, I do a lot of accounting. So um, just the record keeping. Um, I also process process payments to make sure that our vendors get paid. Um, I work on our website. And from time to time, I also assist Ron um, with the social media. Um, So yeah, wherever he needs assistance, I'm there to help him out. Yeah.
0: Yes. And you guys are doing a great job on that stuff, by the way, I'm, I'm on your site and I've kind of seen you on social media and you guys are really doing an awesome job of managing that stuff. So props to you for that. Thank you. Yeah, That's all on her. She does a good job with it.
2: It's been a lot of trial and error, but you know, I, I think we're, we're doing the best that we can right now. And um, I'm glad to hear your, your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah. As, as a, a team, kind of doing this together, do you think that gives you guys an advantage over um, over somebody who's just kind of going it alone? I, I guess it must, but how, how do you guys see that?
1: I think so because by the time I go out and meet with customers and do bids and then in turn go out and do the work, I just don't know how I could handle doing all the back end. It Having Leanne just keeps me focused on the work and the customers and then She just handles everything else. I mean, I'll come home after a long day of work and just dump, you know, a handful of receipts on her desk and, you know, payments from customers or whatever I might gather. And she just handles it. So it takes a lot off my plate.
0: Yeah, that's got to be nice. I would love to have a Leanne because all of my receipts just sit on my desk for Oh, sometimes weeks until <laughs> I can make time to to deal with them. So, uh, Leanne, what's your kind of thoughts on that? What is, what is it like working together? You know, you, you guys are uh, are a really unique team.
2: Um, I really like it. Um, you know, a lot of people say, you know, um, it's hard to work with your spouse, but you know, just coming through, you know, COVID and us, you know, basically being at home working remote you know, anyway, together um, to then starting this business, you know, I think it's definitely it's made us stronger. Um, we communicate about everything. And so um, it's it's nice because, you know, if he has ideas, he can bounce them off of me and vice versa, you know, um, and we both have our best interests in mind versus, you know, working with somebody outside of the company. So it's it's been a great experience. Yeah.
0: And do you have any uh, history in excavation, Leanne? Um, like, do you uh, would you say you have a solid understanding of you know what each machine is and what it's for, and and kind of the types of work and and what jobs cost what? And and was that new to you when you started with this?
2: Um, I mean, I had a general I, understanding of it, but you know, um, more of the in depth stuff, no, it's all fairly new to me. So.
0: So when it comes to like bidding jobs, you guys all you'll work together on that.
2: Um, actually, no. That's really just been Ron um, learning that, you know, and and basically trial and error. Okay.
0: Um. Okay. Well, let's move on here. Uh, we. You touched on this briefly, but let's talk a little bit about the kind of work that you guys do. Um, do you specialize in specific um, projects, or do you kind of look for new types of work and, and take what comes along and you know challenge yourself with uh, maybe things you haven't done before, or do you really kind of stay to one lane? How do you guys uh, how do you guys approach work that way?
1: That's kind of been a. Uh, let me start over. That's kind of been a a topic in our company, you know, because we're we're two years in business and as we grow, you know, we get excited and we want to do more and take on more types of work and offer more services. But we've kind of been thinking lately, just stick with what we're good at and what we know because it's been working, you know, get really good at a few things and stick with that instead of, you know, being mediocre at a laundry list of services
0: yeah yeah that's a good thought um so i'm looking on your website here excavation and grading gravel driveway repairs installation land clearing brush hogging demolition uh, drainage so you guys have a pretty good list of stuff that uh that you're doing anyways
1: yeah yeah we do and you know the the first two years of our business you know we're still in our first two years November will be officially two years, actually. Mm-hmm. Actually, it is November, isn't it? Oh yes, it is November.
2: Yeah. <laughs> years gone by so fast.
1: But yeah, so we're two years in business and I would say ninety percent of our work is one to two day projects. We're in and out. So we don't we haven't gotten a lot of large projects yet. And we haven't really seeked them out either. It's kind of been our our thing is just doing these little projects, brush hogging driveways, putting in uh, building pads and stuff like that. It's just, it seems to work for us.
0: Mm hmm. What what I hear a lot of and I've never worked on the, um, you know, the business owner side of excavation. But what I hear from a lot of people is that the small projects are better in some ways, because you get paid right away, you know, you're done, you do a two day project, and then they put money in your hand, and you're gone. Whereas when you're bidding on larger projects, um, developers and you know, large scale project managers, whatever they they like to take their time paying, which you know you carry in the bag for a long time on that stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, all of our work. When I finish the job, I leave with a payment, a hundred percent of the time. So we haven't had any issues with that. But we do all residential work. I think we've done maybe two commercial jobs, and uh, one of them didn't turn out, you know, the best, but. <laughs> There's a whole story behind that one.
0: But you and you guys don't have any trouble getting paid? Uh, people people have been good about just paying up when the job's over? I
1: yeah, we haven't had any trouble getting paid. I don't know if that has to do with you know just making customers happy and they're happy with our work when we leave, but we haven't had any any issues getting paid.
2: Yeah, actually yeah. our customers actually really love us. <laughs> Hate to toot our own horn, but you know, I mean when Ron goes out on jobs, you know, they're it's not uncommon for them to be bringing him plates of cookies or offer him drinks, you know, or when we're leaving, you know, like just this week, we had a customer who, you know, she painted our excavator and our uh, dump truck on a rock, you know, with our name on it, you know, like they, they just do very kind things for us. And, you know, I think it's a testament of how we treat people, you know, I mean, we don't look at them as a dollar sign. We, we are very relationship driven, you know? I mean, it's not uncommon for Ron to sit there with a customer, you know, um, and just chit chat with them just to learn more about them. You know, I mean, we're, I don't know. I think that's really what's kind of set us apart from other contractors in the area.
1: Yeah. And life is about relationships and, you know, we build relationships with each and every customer. You know, we, we, stay in contact with them. And we get a lot of repeat business for that. And it's just been great.
0: Yeah. You guys are, are plainly doing a good job of that. Um, I was actually looking at your business on Google just before we started here. Uh, and you guys have 30 Google reviews and you're at five stars, which for an outfit that started two years ago, I mean, I mean, we have people we work with who've been in business 10, 15 years who, don't have that number of Google reviews. So could you touch on that real quick? Are you asking people to to leave those reviews or is that just uh, occurring naturally after doing good quality work?
1: To be honest, I ask for every one of those, every one of those I've asked for. And that's what I've learned. If you don't ask for a review, you probably won't get it.
2: Yeah. (laughs) People are, people are so quick to, you know, give you a review when you know, they're unhappy, you know, but When it comes to a positive review, it's it is really hard to get those reviews, and so, you know, we just made it part of our our process. You know, don't leave a project unless you ask for that, and um, you know, we've been pretty lucky um, with all all of our customers because, um, you know, they have not just you know given us a five star and no commentary. You know, we see that a lot with um, you know some of our competition you know, um, where they just get, you know, a five star and there's no explanation. But if you look at every single one of our Google reviews, our customers are, you know, going in and singing our praises, you know, they're putting two and three sentences in there. You know, sometimes they're also including their own photos of Ron out on the job, you know, like they're um, really sharing their, their positive experience. And, you know, I think that, you know, that's definitely helped, you know, other customers when looking for services help swing them our way.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, um, people are really going to town on uh, talking about how great you guys are.
2: Um, <laughs>
0: and I, and I, I, end, I you know, I, go ahead. I, I,
1: I don't know if, you know, if you look at our Facebook, the way I try to treat our Facebook account is I do put a lot of before and afters of pictures of our jobs. But there's also a lot of uh, like more personal stuff that way people get to know me to feel like they're part of our business so that people, you know, our customers that follow along, they're following our story and they're rooting for us.
0: Yeah, I like that. Um, I tell people all the time to do this. You can copy this link. And this is a tip for anybody listening. When you open up your uh, Google page with your reviews on it. You can copy that link and you can just text it to people and say, "Hey, you know, this would really help me out. Just take thirty seconds, they make a quick review. Thanks so much." Obviously, text it to the clients who you know are happy, which in your case sounds like it's all of them. But the other thing is that helps mitigate against the inevitable bad review, um, and and you know, it it does happen to everybody. But for a lot of clients, I see that that's like that's the first review that comes in. They'll say, Oh, so-and-so cut me off on the highway and he's an idiot. And that's one star. And well, if you don't have 35 star reviews to offset that, that really sucks.
1: Yeah. And it's funny what you just said, because I keep all that stuff in mind when I'm cruising down the highway in my dump truck and somebody's got road rage or driving like a jerk. I just ignore them because my company name's on the side of the truck, you know?
0: Oh, hundred percent. And, and it's just not worth it too. Right. I mean, yeah. why, why do people get so angry on the road? I don't know.
1: Yeah. And then when you're in a dump truck, you know, doing 30 mile an hour up uh, on an on-ramp, you know, people get impatient.
0: <laughs> but Yeah. I, I know that I drove low bed for years. So I've, I've done many, many slow Hills in, uh, in my career. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I get that. Yeah. Um, so going back to the beginning, you've been in business for two years. How did you find those first few jobs? Um, you decided to start up. Um, so kind of in the beginning, let's let's just talk through, did you buy equipment first? Did you get the jobs first? Uh, did you have a piece of equipment already? How, do, how did things kind of come together in the beginning?
1: So we actually, when we started our company, all we had was a farm tractor that we used around our own property. And uh, we just... You know, we had an idea. We we're like, I wonder if we could start our own company and get some work. So we formed our LLC. You know, we did everything the right way. We got our company up and running. And then I put an ad on a Mark Facebook marketplace for brush hogging. And that's how it all kicked off. We got our first brush hogging job. And then it just started compounding after that.
0: So, brush hogging that's not a term we use where i'm from so that that is that is kind of just like leveling brush right
1: yeah brush hogging is um you know a lot of people call it different things out here in missouri we call it brush hogging it's a rotary mower that goes either on the back of a tractor or on the front of a skid steer but it's okay it's, yeah
0: it's i would just, call that a brush cutter but yeah same thing yeah right? brush
1: cutter brush hog mm-hmm. it's called different things
0: but Gotcha. Um, so your first machine was a farm tractor. Did you just, you just owned that just because you have property or uh, how'd you, how'd you come across that? And what type of machine was it?
1: Uh, it was a 60 horsepower um, cabbed tractor, it had a front end loader on it. We just had it for our own, our own property, just to do maintenance do uh, brush hog in and driveway grading and stuff like that. John Deere, Kubota, what kind of, what kind of brand? Well, oh, I'm kind of ashamed to say it was an LS.
0: <laughs> oh, LS, I'm I'm not familiar with that.
1: It's kind of a, it's not a name brand tractor per se. So it's not, not like a Kubota or a John Deere, but it was a good tractor for us being a homeowner. I would say it was a good, it filled that market great. But once we started getting work, uh, we quickly, you know, we bought a skid steer right away
0: i don't, there's no shame in that. You have what you have, you know, everybody starts yeah. somewhere. So, uh, if it was, if it was the machine that kicked you off, then that's, uh, that's awesome.
2: Well, and with, with our journey, you know, we are very, you know, very responsible with our finances. Um, you know, we've never made a decision without both mutually sitting down and having, you know, a really long conversation about it. You know, we don't want to ever put, you know, uh, our home or our, um, you know, long-term goal is at risk, you know, by making a stupid decision, you know, going out and blowing money on something that's not going to have, um, you know, an immediate return or, you know, it, it, it has to be a well thought out plan. And so, you know, we started with that. And you know, like Ron said, over time we realized, you know, we just, we're starting to grow and we just need to be able to do things more efficiently. And so, know we sold that got into our skid steer and um you know as as we continue to grow we always make sure okay do we have the money to do this how can we shift things around to make this work um to not really you know over leverage our business too much um because you know we're we want to be in this for the long haul you know we we don't want to you know drop a bunch of money in this and not necessarily know the return and, you know, have to close up our shop in, in one or two years, you know? So, you know, that's always a, a focus, you know, top of mind focus for us is to make sure we're being wise about our finances.
0: Yeah. And I mean, this stuff adds up really fast. I mean, uh, you know, a mini dump, a skid steer and a mini X, that's, you know, that's all of $250,000 if you're buying it all new, probably more than that. Even, I mean, you can, you can get really deep in equipment really, really fast in this, in this line of work for sure. Yeah. And just, just having a
1: skid steers, the first part of it, now you got to get all your attachments to go with it, which, you know, you, you know how that is. We probably have, well, one, we probably
0: have more money in attachments than we do machines. There's a lot of attachments. Um, and that's something I kind of want to touch on as well. How, how do you make those choices about attachments? Because versus buying a, a purpose built machine, right? So, I mean, there's trenching attachments and, and log splitting attachments and brush cutting attachments and like literally hundreds of different attachments. Do you guys find that that's just the best value is having the one kind of power unit and then having a whole host of other attachments?
2: No, I think for us, it's like, you know, if we're starting to see customers, you know, routinely ask for a certain service. And if we think that there's value to be had there and we can make our money back on it, you know, definitely we'll consider it. Um, You know, I mean, it's not uncommon for us to drop five grand on an implement, you know, but for the longevity of it, we definitely think we would make our money back on that. So, you know, I mean, it's it's got to be a smart business decision for us. Um, and a lot of that is, you know, knowing the market, you know, seeing what people are asking for, you know, what can we get for that service and, and how we're going to get our, our return on that. So, um, yeah, again, finance is always at the top of mind.
1: Yeah. And we look at, you know, our workload and what we're getting. For example, I grade a lot of driveways out here in Missouri. And yes, I can take my skid steer with a bucket out and grade a driveway, you know, pretty darn well. But we actually bought a road grader for the front of our skid steer. It just makes me faster, and uh, mm-hmm. it gives a better product. Honestly.
0: Mm-hmm. And do you uh, do you find it's nice to to just know that Leanne's at home watching the books? Because I know as guys, you know, it's easy to go to the dealership and go, "Oh man, I got to have one of those." But you know, if you go buy something that you don't need, you got Leanne <laughs> waiting at home to. <laughs>
2: Oh, shut <laughs> him down, so. I definitely have shut him down, you know, several times. Um, but, you know, at least we have the conversation and it it gets us thinking long term, you know, is this something we really need or do we not need it? You know, like so, I mean, it, it's great that we're able to bounce ideas off of each other and have that dialogue um, so that we you know can make sound decisions for you know our company moving forward.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like just having a, a second person in the business. To be accountable to and to toss ideas around is is a really positive thing
1: yeah and i'm a i'm a gear guy so i i like to impulse buy stuff and sometimes she'll reel me in and say well do we really need to buy that right now
0: <laughs> yeah i, I hear you <laughs> um let's uh talk about employees do you guys have any employees or are you running this whole thing yourself i, I know that there's you know, certain tasks and excavation where it makes a lot of sense to have somebody helping you out. How do you guys, uh, how do you guys deal with that?
1: So we have one and he's part time. So I just give him a call whenever I need an extra hand on a big job and uh, he'll come out and help me. But he's officially on the books. You know, we're not an under the table type of business. So we got, he's insured,
0: workman's comp, all that. He's, he's legit. Okay, so just in case the IRS is listening, guys, you heard that, they're running <laughs> legit.
2: Yeah, and I mean we just find it in our best interest to just do things right. You know, I mean, yeah, it's a little more upfront cost, but you know, at the end of the day, if somebody's gonna, you know, get Sue happy, we know that we're covered and it's not gonna affect our home life, you know. I mean, there's so many people that think, Oh, I don't need all of this insurance or, you know, whatever, I don't need to carry this or that, but I mean, you never know what somebody's gonna try to pull on you. And so, you know, it's always best in, in our opinion to make sure that you, you know, you have the proper coverage, um, that you have your permits, you know, um, cause it just takes that one person.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's also just a high risk business, right? You're, you're digging the ground, you know, it, it doesn't take much to break a gas line or, you know, yeah. something goes wrong with the machine, a part flies off and goes hits somebody's Mercedes or whatever. It's just, you know, you want to, you want to be, you want to run legit when you're doing this type of work. Cause it's just too easy to hurt people and break stuff.
1: Yeah. And, and I know you was giving me a hard time for touching on that, but you know, we're down here by Lake of the Ozarks here in Missouri and, there's a lot of different kind of companies out here and we're not alike if you know what I'm trying to yeah. say.
0: <laughs> well, everything I know about that area I learned from watching Ozark on yeah. uh, Netflix, so I, <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know if I have an accurate idea about what it's like down there or not.
1: I would say uh I know that show is actually filmed in like Kentucky, I think. It wasn't even at Lake oh, of really? Ozark. Yeah.
0: So you don't have like a, a dark version of Jason Bateman wandering around your town.
1: <laughs> There's some pretty backwoods areas down there. I'll tell you that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the beginning you had that tractor, um, I guess we touched on this a bit uh, with regards to just doing really good work and maintaining good relationships, but w- what are the key things that have helped you get to the point you're at now? What, what's helped you grow?
1: Our customer relationship would be, number one, you know, I always answer my phone, which sometimes Leanne gets on to me about that because I'll answer my phone at 10 o'clock at night when we're laying in bed. And she tells me I need Mm -hmm. to quit doing that, but I just don't have it in me to not do that. Um, I don't know. And then on the back end, I mean, Leanne, she sends out thank you cards to every one of our customers, mails them to them with a little note on it.
2: And we even at Christmas time, you know, um, we just, you know, make these homemade, uh, not homemade, but we design these Christmas cards, um, you know, with our family photo on it and, you know, just say, you know, thanks for supporting By the Wakers. You know, we want people to real uh, realize that, you know, we're just a family operated business here just trying to make a living, you know, like we're not some big corporate entity, you know, um, that's not gonna you know provide that same level of you know person uh, what's the word I'm looking for the relationships you know you know when you get to yeah. working with these big corporate places, some of that gets lost. And so we just you know we try to put these little touches in there just to remind people that you know it's not bilo acres necessarily it's it's me and Ron, you know we're the ones that mm-hmm. you're you're working for or working with
0: i like that and i think really it doesn't take a ton to go beyond what most people are willing to do in that regard um you know just an extra deliver something extra like you know donuts coffee a, a you know a christmas card just something that shows that you're a human and you care um yeah. when we started our business we kind of started doing the same thing. So when when people hire us, the first thing they get from us is a Leatherman multi-tool in the mail with their logo on it. And it's just, you know, immediately the relationship kicks off with a bit of value. And so yeah. I, I really appreciate that. I think that yeah. people are really used to um, businesses over-promising and under-delivering. Mm-hmm. So if you can under-promise and over-deliver it, you know, then you get those 35-star reviews. You guys are obviously doing an amazing job of that.
2: Yeah. I mean, we always, you know, if we tell somebody we're going to do something, we do it, you know, we don't say, hey, we'll get this to you tomorrow. And then it's like a week or two later, like that's unacceptable to us, you know, because, you know, m- myself coming from a service business, you know, as I had mentioned uh, before, you know, I've, I, uh, you know, been in hotel, uh, the hotel industry and whatnot. And, you know, it, it's important, you know, people expect a certain level of uh, customer service, you know, and, you know, if you don't respond within, you know, I would say twenty four hours, they're going to be calling the next guy. You know, so we really do make it our priority to get back and deliver. You know, get back to the customer, deliver what we say we're going to do, um, so that we can continue to to earn those customers' business moving forward.
0: I I have a close friend who is in a very different business. He's actually a wedding photographer. And he has said to me a number of times over the years that the biggest challenge uh, with the relationships is managing expectations. So making sure that people understand exactly what they're getting, and delivering on that, or over delivering on it, and making sure that they understand what they're not getting, and and kind of managing that, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we, all of our jobs, it's very clear. We we put out bids and very descriptive of this is what we're going to do and this is what it's going to cost and I never increase my price if I misbid something or which is very rare but if that happens you know I just eat it I don't I don't do that I don't play that game
2: yeah I mean that's a lot of the feedback that our customers that we work with you know they're always you know right up front they're like oh well what's this going to cost me you know we've worked with other contractors and they gave us a bid and then they came to the you know the property and it ended up being like seven or ten thousand dollars more and we're like i mean we wouldn't want that to happen to us you know we want to know the cost up front because i mean we would need to budget for it you know and so i mean we would never do that to a customer i just feel like that's unacceptable and you know i think that's that um transparency with our customers has really um, given them trust in us um, mm-hmm. what you know that we're going to be that we're going to do a good job for them. We're going to be honest, transparent. And so, I, you know, our customers really appreciate how we operate.
0: Yeah. And how do you guys manage the well, since you're here stuff? You know, that happens a lot in this industry. You know, well, you're already here. Can I get you to pull that stump out? Well, since you're here, maybe we'll just move that rock. And kind of the little extra bits and pieces, do you guys just just do that stuff if it only takes, you know, 10, 15 minutes or whatever? Or do you do you attack it under the bill generally? Or do you kind of go situation to situation on that?
1: So far with our company, I just do it. Typically, if it's something quick and, you know, it's not a big deal, I'll just knock it out.
0: So anybody listening who's considering hiring uh, Ron and Leanne, uh, they're willing to they're willing to pull that stump out for free.
1: <laughs> yeah, hire me to come out and pull a stump, and then just ask me to grade your driveway, and I'll do it.
0: <laughs> that that is the hot tip of the day. Yeah, right there. That's how you win. So um, you know,
1: within reason, obviously, if it's hey, course. can you like you said, hey, can you pull that stump out, and it takes a couple minutes, that's fine. You know, if the machine's there, you know it, it, it helps with the word of mouth, you know, because we leave with a good relationship. So it's, it's worth it.
0: Um, that kind of leads us into my next question, which is how do you to manage estimating and bidding? So if you could kind of walk me through the process from, you know, when a client contacts you to going to look at the job, uh, whether you're billing hourly or daily or just a, flat rate bid in the job. How, how do you handle that?
1: (laughs) Well, so when it comes to estimating and bidding, I do probably 99% of that. Uh, There'll be times where I'll come home and give her notes from a bid and she'll type it up for me. But um, as far as how I look at jobs um, right now, the way I look at a job is I just look at it as I got a day rate and a half day rate. So I look at jobs in, and how long will this take me? So that's how I do that. Um, and then, you know, obviously you add on materials. Right now, our company, we don't mark up materials. Um, it just seems like we're doing fine without doing that. Um
0: now that that seems unique. Is that is that common for people to mark up materials? I thought that just went without saying that you throw ten or fifteen uh, or twenty percent on top of the cost of the gravel.
1: I don't know. That you know, that's been that's been one of the hard points for us starting and growing our business is we're a first generation business and we're kind of on an island by ourselves. I don't have a mentor, nobody to ask questions to. Um, so there'll be times where I'll go on Facebook and look at the Facebook groups. You know, there's there's a lot of them out there. And the advice out there is wildly different depending on who mm-hmm. is talking. You know, so I, I don't even, I just do my own thing. I don't even look at that stuff anymore, but yeah, as far as what other people are doing, I'm not sure. Uh, I know I've heard of other people marking up 10, 20%, but we don't do that.
0: Yeah. And what you're doing seems to be working. So,
1: yeah, I, mean, I, feel, I, feel, like
0: like,
1: I feel like if you got your, if you figure out what you need to make per hour, to cover all your overhead and your maintenance and your fuel and, you know, whatever the laundry list of things, your insurance, your workman's comp, you get that number, right? What's an extra 10% on, you know, a hundred dollar load of rock. It's nothing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's another area where if people know that, then that's another area where you can stand out, right. Where you're not, uh, you're not trying to squeeze every last dime out of, out of each client.
1: Yeah, and that's that's been another thing with our company is we've learned that we're not for every customer. You know, some customers, they don't care about our website. They don't care about our reviews. They don't care about clean equipment, logoed up trucks. All they care about is price, and that is it. And there's guys in the area that we just can't compete with. So those aren't our customers, I guess is what I was trying to say.
0: Yeah. And, and you don't want to compete with those guys, right? Like in every industry, there's a, there's an, there's a lowest, kind of the lowest price guy and you can only follow it so far. Like if the going rate in your area for a skid steer is 120 bucks an hour, there's always going to be someone who comes in and goes, well, I'll do it for 110 and yeah. the other guy, well, I'll do it for 99. Well, I already own my machine outright. So I'll do it for 89. And it's like, well, you can only, you can only ride that wagon so far before no one's making any money. Right. So
2: yeah. And I they're like going that. out of business, you know, like, like I said earlier, we're in this for the long haul, you know? And so, you know, at first it was, you know, try to take whatever you can get, you know, but now that we've been doing this for a couple of years, you know, we realized like Rom said, every customer or every person out there is not going to be one of our customers, you know, and we bring a certain level of, you know, service and, and standards, uh, with our business, you know, that these other contractors may not offer. So we're completely, completely fine with, you know, another contractor taking those customers, um, you know, we just, we know what niche we fill and, and how we need to go forward.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's another thing I wanted to touch on was like Facebook groups, like area groups, like down here, we got Lake of the Ozarks area group and It's just where all the locals kind of post stuff. And uh, we got a lot of customers that look out for us. So if somebody posts a thing saying, hey, I need a 100 by 50 pad put in down at the lake, we'll get tagged in it. But I have never gotten a single one of those jobs, not one, not a single one, because I don't know if it's the person that takes the time to to post on Facebook. I don't know if they're shopping for just purely price. Um, but I guess where I was going with that is every time I chase a customer, I never get them. It's when they find me, we always, we always end up getting the bids.
0: Yeah. I, I don't like Facebook as a lead generation vehicle. Um, there, it, it is it is possible to get jobs from Facebook. People do it. Um, there's lots of people selling Facebook advertising courses, and there's lots of people successful with Facebook advertising. But I just think the the type of person who um, is looking for a service on Facebook, I I don't know. For me and most people I talk to, if you want to find somebody, you go to Google, right? Or 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 maybe ask for referrals. But I don't know. I, I it's I, it, it's something that I don't love. But I do like what you guys said about choosing your clients. And, and I think everybody needs to realize that you get to choose your clients. Um, it, it's a little easier to say once you're established, but you don't have to work for everybody, right? It, yes. It's okay yeah. to just go, you know what, this isn't a good fit. Your priorities don't align with ours and move on.
1: Yeah. And, and it's it's okay to, to work for somebody and then fire them as a customer. Like if the job I don't know how to put this to make it sound good, but if if they were kind of a pain in the butt, you know, it's it's okay. Somebody else can do work for them next time. Just part ways and do what you said you was going to do and move on. Yeah,
0: yeah. What if what have you guys um, faced in terms of challenges growing this business over the last two years? What are the what are the top kind of struggles that you've had um, making this thing work?
1: I would say number one is just getting our name out there because where we're at we just moved out here in what 2016 15 2015 and we don't have any family no friends um we have no support network so every one of our leads are cold you know we don't have any good old boy system out here so just getting our name out has been number one because we know there's customers out there looking for us they just don't know about us so that's been our number one struggle just being found. And that's why we really push the, the website, which Leanne built, really helps. Mm-hmm. Google, Google reviews have helped a ton.
2: Just working on the SEO, that's like been a whole learning process for me on the back end, you know, just, you know, making sure that we're being found on the Internet and that, you know, the way that we come across is in, in the right way. That's going to um, help lead a customer to us.
0: Mm hmm. And are you all self-taught on that? You did mention that you have a a, a background in marketing, uh, but the SEO stuff, is that kind of you're learning on YouTube or how how are you coming across that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, any, anything that I don't know, um, I, you know, I definitely utilize YouTube, um, uh, other forums and platforms that, you know, might have some conversations about it, but yeah, completely (laughs) self-taught.
1: Well, and Uh. So I retired from the military, what, in March? March? Mm -hmm. And uh, we actually went, what was the name of that class we went to?
2: Boots to Business.
1: It was Boots to Business where they, we went through, it was like a three-day class where they kind of taught us business. But when we left, they gave us some resources that Leanne's actually been doing uh, webinars and learning stuff from them.
2: Yes, that's actually another great resource. It's called SCORE, S-C-O-R-E. And um, they've got chapters all over the country, and they offer free mentorship. Um, and you know, for the most part, they're going to have people in your area, maybe not specifically within your trade, but you know, that can offer uh, business for startups. Um, you know, when we joined, um, like Ron said, I, I sat in, and I still sit in on a lot of webinars. You know, that are free. Um, They do also offer um, some in-person workshops, but, you know, I've just done the free ones and, you know, there's a lot of great takeaways that I've, you know, learned, um, especially when it comes to the marketing side, you know. So um, that's another resource that we've used um, that's been really uh, positive for us.
0: That's, uh, that's a good resource. Thanks for mentioning that. And that is score.org. Uh, if anybody wants to check that out, I'm on their website. Now they seem to offer uh, yeah free business mentoring. That's really cool. I, I think that's something that we could even touch on a little bit. Um, I feel like anybody who's going into business should have some type of mentorship. Would you guys agree with that? I just think that they going going it completely alone is nobody knows everything. You can't know everything about excavation and everything about billing and marketing and business management and customer relationships and all this stuff. So what 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 would you recommend? Would you recommend that people check out score or I, I don't know. I just feel like everybody should have a mentor.
2: Yeah, um, I definitely think there's a lot of value um, you know, by connecting with score. Um, but, you know, I think some other resources that could be valuable, um, you know, would be getting in contact with your local chamber of commerce um, or your economic development uh, offices. You know, a lot of those places, you know, they also offer information for startup businesses. I mean, obviously that's their focus. You know, they want to grow, you know, their their city or their destination and so, a lot of those places also offer free resources for companies, you know, that are are new because they want you to thrive, you know. Because ultimately, if you're doing good, then the city's going to be doing better. So, um, those would be some other resources that I think would definitely, you know, offer some value. Thanks
0: for that. Um, so, pushing forward a bit here, um, it's the end of 2024. You've been in business for two years. How are you getting your jobs these days? Is it primarily? Uh, Facebook uh, referrals, you mentioned that you're not getting a ton through that, but uh, SEO, um, do you do any advertising? Like where's the bulk of your new uh, work coming from? I would
1: say we get a lot of calls from Google mainly. And we do get a lot of people mentioning, you know, they read our reviews and that, that gives us credibility before they even call me, which is great. Uh, And then referrals. Yeah. We get a lot of referral work as well.
2: And and honestly, you know, something that's really been great is like for example, Ron will be up working in a neighborhood, and it's the first job in that neighborhood. And let's say he's there for two or three days. Well, uh, specifically, one community um, north of where we live. Um, he went there for one job and he ended up landing three more just off the same road because the neighbors were driving you know, by every day. They would see his truck and trailer parked out there and him operating the machines. And, you know, they'd stop by and be like, oh, I need this done. You know, can you do this for me? And so, I mean, there was one time when he was out there for a week and a half straight, just literally from the neighbors, you know, driving by and seeing him. So, you know, that's actually been very um beneficial for us. Just, you know, being out in the community, people seeing us while we're already on jobs.
1: Yeah. And like she's saying, just me being out and about, being friendly and smiling and waving when people drive by and just being approachable uh, has done wonders. And I've even gotten a lot of jobs at, at the gas station, you know, fueling up my machines, you know, just being friendly. And, you know, I always have a haircut. You know, I always try to look pretty presentable and I wear clean clothes and we got logoed up shirts, So you can tell we're a business.
0: Yeah. So you heard it here first, everybody get a haircut. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, I think it makes a big, uh, it's a, it's a good impression, you know, when somebody rolls up on your property and you know, you have all of your teeth and you know, your hair is brushed. And (laughs) I mean, it does make a difference because for me as a woman, like if I'm at home and I'm hiring a contractor and they pull up on my property, like I might be like, Oh, these people are a little sketchy. I don't know. You know? So I I think it does make a difference how you look, you know, you need to make an attempt.
1: Well, yeah, you don't roll up looking like you just rolled out of bed with bed head and smoking a cigarette and flipping it in their front
0: yard. You know, you got to respect, respect their property. Wearing the shirt that you had on when you changed the oil in your truck yesterday. Laying exactly. on the shop floor. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever touched on that before. That's, that's key. Yeah. I mean, you got to be presentable and approachable for, I think people expect less. Do you, yeah. do you think, I think people have the idea that, that trades people, um, excavation, you know, people who work outdoors are going to be gross. They're going to be the, you know, have a cigarette hanging out of their mouth and, you know, be wearing a same pair of pants for four days in a row and, you know yeah. that i think that would go a long way and i
1: i mean i it may sound bad but i i agree i mean i think we present ourselves in a very professional way where i mean it might sound cocky but i always look good <laughs> <laughs> and our equipment's always clean our trucks always clean um it's i think that's part of it yeah honestly. we we
2: don't want to be like everyone else you know we want to set a different standard and you know, in doing so, I think it will, you know, set us apart from the competition. And, you know, in turn, I think eventually, you know, it will allow us to be higher priced, you know, because of the value, the overall perception and value.
0: Yeah, I like that. Um, That actually leads us directly into my next question, which is, where are you going with this thing? So five, 10 years down the road, um, do you have five employees, 10 trucks? Or are you charging more money? What's the, what's kind of the long term vision for Bilo Acres?
1: That's kind of the crossroads we're at. We've, we've gotten a lot of advice. People saying stay small, keep it all. And, uh, we don't, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. We're pretty happy with what we're doing. Our immediate plans is we are going to hire uh, a full-time, employee here in March. But beyond that, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to grow more than that.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. my my family's moving out from Illinois. They're moving out here. And my stepfather actually has been in this trade for most of his life. And so, you know, he's got a lot of experience to, you know, offer us in our company. And so, you know, we intend to hire him and you know um have him be our our full-time employee and basically do you know do the work we want ron to be able to step back um from running machines and you know instead of working in the business work on the business you know so um you know that's more of our short term um as far as you know where we see our, our our immediate growth but um i think some of our other goals really before we were you know maybe to hire anyone else would be to make a dent in our debt you know we want to be able to pay off all of our equipment and you know revisit it at that point in time
1: yeah and it's like you know i watch a lot of youtube getting a lot of advice from uh mentors and they say you don't want to scale a turd <laughs> so you know, we're, just trying to, we're trying to polish this thing the best that we can before we try to scale it you know
0: yeah. And I, I guess growing logically, there's, there's a whole, there's a whole podcast episode there too. I mean, do you, do you go from a, from a mini to kind of an 80, then do a 160 to a 200, or I was talking to a friend about this recently cause he he's has a mini and uh, you know, does, smaller jobs and he has the opportunity to take on a project that's going to be kind of a 160 or 200 job but the yeah. the cost increase is is huge you know just the amount of fuel that they burn is is so much more and then mobilization and all these other things um yeah and that's that's where we're
1: at is i'm happy with the machines we got you know we got a, a new E60 and we got a T650 and a dump truck but when i need a bigger machine i just rent it Um, we rented a high lift here earlier in the year for a week and it was pricey, but I mean, paying that one week rental versus owning a half a million dollar machine and only using it once a year. I mean, I guess you got to use some logic there.
0: The end of the day, the the client pays for it, right? I mean, you're, you might, you're going to make less profit off of a, a rental machine, but, um, the risk is, is almost non-existent if you're renting gear.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And when we, early on, you know, when we owned our, just the skid steer, we would rent an excavator, but we got enough work where it made sense just to buy one. Mm -hmm. So that's what we did.
0: So what would you guys tell someone who's starting out an excavation right now? I ask everybody this question because I know there's a lot of guys on the groups and probably people listening to this podcast. uh, Excuse me, a lot of people. I'm I'm sure there's women in this business, too. But um, what would you tell somebody who's either just starting out or considering starting out? um, What are kind of the key points that you'd advise them to, uh, to pay attention to?
1: Um, maybe some of the stuff we've already touched on, you know, not, not every, not everybody that calls you is going to be your customer. You know, you gotta, you gotta pre-qualify your customers. You don't want to run out and do bids for every phone call you get.
2: And I think with him touching on that, he definitely learned that, um, because early on he was so quick to go out you know, run out, uh, to somebody's place, you know, and give them a bid. And, um, you know, over time we realized, man, he's really spinning his wheels here and it's taking a lot of time, you know? So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's one lesson I learned early on was, um, not everybody that calls you, they don't know what things cost. So sometimes it's yeah. good to educate them over the phone and, and I do what I call bracketing. So I'll say, Hey, a typical job like that will be between this number and this number. And then I just shut my mouth and let them talk. And then they'll kind of, they'll kind of tell you their budget, you know, you'll know.
0: Yeah. From there you can sort of, yeah. Whether or not they're, you're on the same page.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to run out and, Like if somebody calls and wants a project, you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll come out and do a bid. Then you get out there and then the number is just something unrealistic for them, but they didn't know. So
2: Or maybe like where this has actually happened, um, where a customer called and said that they needed um, some work done. And they didn't tell us the terrain of the property. And so, I mean, Ron went out there and looked at it. And I mean, it wasn't even a job we could do.
1: Yeah, it it was a newbie mistake. You know, I was new. It was in my first year. I didn't know the questions to ask. I was just excited, like, "Yeah, I can do that." And then I got out there, and it was something that wasn't even a possibility for me. You know, mm-hmm. you can waste you can waste a lot of your own time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that adds yeah. a lot of stress.
0: Yeah, that's good advice. Um, where can people learn more about? Uh- by Low Acres, do you, do you guys, uh, I, I think you mentioned you have a YouTube channel. Where do you want people to follow you? You can put links to your uh, your your channels in uh, in the description.
1: Yeah, so my YouTube is brand new. I mean, I've had it for a couple of years, but I haven't done nothing with it. But here lately, I've been capturing a lot of footage, and I'm getting better at editing and uh, figuring all that out. But yeah, follows on YouTube would be great. We stay very active on Facebook. We post, you know.
2: Every other day, pretty much. Yeah
1: three, four times a week, what we got going on. And, uh, you know, our website, you can go check that out. I got TikTok. I haven't really done much with that. I don't know if there's any value to that yet. Uh, I've got Instagram.
2: And I okay. also, cool. I also run some other, uh, social media platforms. Um, but we're, they're not as, beneficial just yet as you know as far as facebook goes but you know i also do linkedin um twitter um i also manage the google updates um but like i said you know facebook's really kind of the one facebook and youtube is where we send people for the time being until we can kind of see the value um out of these other options
1: yeah, yeah. okay if you want to if anybody out there listening wants to follow along with our story I would say Facebook would be the best. And if anybody starting a company wants to reach out to me, I mean, I'm good with that too, because that's another thing I haven't touched on was I have called other companies that were a few States away and just talked to them about business, you know, cause we're not competitors. Like if I see somebody that's doing a great yeah. job and I like their company and I like their work and their presence online, I'll call them up and just say, Hey, this is Ron. This is who I am. I just wondered if we could sit down and talk owner to owner for a while and i just and i've had good luck with that they give me advice and you know just good conversation
0: interesting you find that people are pretty receptive to that
1: oh yeah yep
0: okay that's good to know that's a good tip for anybody starting out
1: yeah i've had good luck with that i think local guys aren't really into that because you know the whole competitive thing they're worried you're going to take something from them which I'm in the mindset, there's enough work out there for all of us, you know, and everybody's got their own, you know, their own, I don't know what I'm looking, their own customer, their own customers that are seeking their services, but.
0: Yeah, and I I think that viewing competition um, not in an adversarial sense, but just more in a collaborative sense, you know, knowing who's out there, having relationships with them, I feel like that's a good thing for everybody. You know, you you can, you know, people that you can rely on if, uh, if, if you need to pass a job on, whether it's not the client's not the right fit or you don't have the gear to do the job or, or you need somebody to come in and help, you know, those relationships could be very valuable in my, from my perspective.
1: Yeah. 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 We've got a couple out in our area that we kind of, we have that kind of relationship with. We're very similar. We do all the same work, but, you know, we don't view each other as competitors. We're more of a, you know, I don't know, a partner or a friend, I guess you could say.
0: Is there anything else we should uh, touch on before we close out? Is there anything you guys wanted to discuss?
2: Um, I think we pretty much covered it. Um, I mean, really, the only advice that I, I would definitely say is, like, if you're thinking about starting a business, just do it. Because every day that goes by, you know, is a, is a day that you could have been working on it and making progress, you know? Um, it's not as scary as you think it is. Cause you know, when we first got started, you know, I think that's why we hesitated for so long is because we're like, we're not sure if we can do it, you know, but we just broke it down into little baby steps. You know, like Ron said, we got our LLC, you know, we got our insurance. We just took it one step at a time and, it really hasn't been that bad, and now we're two years in. Um, we're, you know, way more successful than we could have ever imagined at this point in time. And so, yeah, just get started.
0: Well, this has been a great, uh, a great chat. I, I really have enjoyed having both of you on, uh, Ron and Leanne. Thank you so much for making the time to do this. Uh, and I think this might kind of set the tone for how we do this in the future, because it, it is really nice to have that sort of opposing perspective from uh, somebody who primarily does the admin and office side and then uh, the, the, the partner out there actually doing the work. So thank you both for being here. You're, you're
2: welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having us.
0: Yeah, well, this has been a great interview uh, with Ron and Leanne from Bylow Acres. Check them out at Bylowacres, B-Y-L-O-acres.com, and I will put links to their socials in the description. Uh, Thanks for listening today. If you're ready to step up your excavation business and want to talk about how we can get you more leads, a better website, um, always open to talk. Feel free to reach out anytime at rankmaster.ca. Thanks for listening.